All right. Yeah, just to um, uh, non um, podcast material here, the the thirty second leave of absence. You're never going to believe this. The baby oh, okay. threw up on the dog. So my wife was holding the baby, puke all down her, while making sure the dog didn't run away covered in puke. Why do you so, not want this on the podcast? <laughs> you know what? Why not? Put I was going to say, this is the uh, opening. <laughs> Uh, she's heard enough wrestling for for the rest of her a life. lifetime yeah yeah for uh, a lifetime i don't know if anyone else can relate but yeah she's uh, uh okay let's let's talk about that my wife uh she's not a wrestling fan at all she just mm-hmm. she she tolerates it she'll listen to my stories but after a while it's just kind of like okay she I, I i swear she tunes me out sometimes like i'll oh, come yeah. home from a show and i'll be like okay so this happened this happened this happened this happened and she'll be like oh, okay i don't think she hears a word of it <laughs> You know, tolerate, tolerate and not listening is better than just like, leave me alone, go to sleep. I don't want to hear about it. So what about you, Ryan? How's your wife with the wrestling? Uh, Well, that's why I'm in the basement right now. So she doesn't (laughs) have to hear about it. But uh, well, gosh. So I was wrestling when we started dating. And um, I think she, you know, she pretended it was cool for a little (laughs) while um, because we were obviously uh, into one another. So she tried to get into my hobbies, but um yeah once we were more kind of committed to each other she's like i'm gonna stop going to your shows i don't really like wrestling and i think it's actually kind of stupid to be honest like all right you want to know the funniest thing i uh i've only ring announced at um acclaim twice okay um she's been there one time uh with a bunch of her friends and everything to this day she cannot recall a second of that show i don't know whether it was drinking i don't know what it was she goes did I ever come see you ring announce at a show? I'm like, I've only ring announced maybe uh, a handful of times. How do you not remember ever, ever seeing me do it before? And she goes, no, I don't really remember. I'm like, you were there at that show. I have picture proof. And to this day, she can't remember a second, a second of that show. So. The first time I convinced my wife now slash girlfriend at the time to come to watch one of my wrestling shows, she'd say, go, you know, have fun, do your thing, and I'll see you later. But this one time I was like, I think you should come to this show because... I'm going to be wrestling as a sheep. <laughs> so this was for interspecies wrestling. And she's like, pardon? You're what? I was like, yeah, I'll be wrestling as a sheep. I have a sheep mask. I have a sheep costume. I have cotton balls stuck to this shirt to make was it that, look like. Was that tagging with uh, with Rahima Lee then at that point? No, this was. was uh, so this was a special rwe show okay and it was a halloween theme show so rwe had a couple of isw matches on the show yeah, and uh, yeah i got to i got to wrestle frank stinky the homeless guy on that show so yeah that's like a moment i obviously cherish but mm-hmm. uh, that was the, that was the first time i convinced her to actually come to a show is because i'd be wearing a sheep costume well, i think it's harder as a commentator because she's like i didn't see you all show. I don't hear what you're doing. 
I'm there to morally support you, but I have, you know, I don't see you. I don't, I don't hear you. And so I go, oh, I feel like that makes it even more I, thoughtful I, though. I, She's there for moral support and you're just behind a desk <laughs> commentating. Yeah. So she pretty much, I, I think she'll come for fighting back shows because of the, mm-hmm. the support and, and, and the, the charity, but that's pretty much the extent of what she's doing over the years. So yeah. fighting back pretty much is it at, at this point, but still which there. hopefully fingers crossed, we hear something about soon. Fingers yeah. crossed. Um, so Bob, maybe just to like introduce this podcast and us to you. Um, so we've only been what six episodes now so far, I think pretty new yes. show. Um, I've, I've mentioned a few times in the past how before my time in wrestling, I was friends with Mark from C4 and uh, I was like, Mark, we, we need to like figure out how to grow the podcast and um, really get out into the community and try and, uh, get the diehard Ottawa fans and diehard Ottawa wrestling community people to to give us a listen and check us out. And uh, he points me in your direction. He says, "Go talk to go talk to Bobby. Mm-hmm. Bobby's a good guy. Bobby's he's in on everything when it comes to Ottawa wrestling, and he knows the scene better than anybody." So I was like, "That sounds perfect. That's exactly the guy we need." So here you are today. I think Mark just didn't want to toot his own horn there. <laughs> that's maybe that's maybe why that is. He's, he's so um, humble. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually just in terms of background, I've actually listened to was the last episode uh, the one you listed your five opponents or was that prior to that one? Um, yes. That was okay. two episodes ago. Okay, believe, right. Because we did uh, we did a loot. Oh, set, oh uh, right. The part, loot not oh seven loot zero set recap. Yeah, uh, yes, English French. We're bilingual here. It's OK. I but... should just say like <laughs> half in English, half in French, right? Uh-huh. I mean, we sing the entire anthem half in English, half in French. So What's wrong with Luto 07? So I started, I downloaded that one and I actually listened to the one prior. So that that's how, and I've heard clips. I was about to get onto Eddie's one, but I got a little busy with different things. Yeah, Eddie's so, was a ton of fun. I yeah. think uh, oh, we were both pretty happy with favorite, that interview. He's one of my favorite guys to see in the back. Yeah, the time. yeah. I know. Same sort of um, thought process went into like, who do we want to have oh, for okay. our first wrestler interview? And I, mm-hmm. I was kind of going through the Rolodex of people like, mm-hmm who would make a good first impression right like who's got a decade no two decades worth of, of stories to tell right who's done a lot yeah. in the ottawa scene um and and just he's such a versatile guy right he's done so much in the business that it's like okay this is a really good uh way to get uh some ears on to our show yeah. so well i mean he's he's having a bit of a, a a rejuvenation of his career too i think in terms of Twitter's helped this a lot, but guys like even now, I, I think Grim Reavers, Grim Reavers coming up all over the States now. And, you know, then Arcadia and some other guys and all these guys that were big in maybe the 90s and the and 10, 20 years ago and on the indie scenes. And so like Eddie's getting that push, I guess, from the old CZW clips that he's saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, Eddie, he Eddie's still around. Eddie, Eddie's doing mm-hmm. that stuff. And I think Twitter's helping to bring back some guys who were kind of on the indie scene 10, 20 years ago, big names. And then they're coming back and, you know performing at a level that people were surprised about like ruckus and all these other guys too you know showing the young yeah yeah, great showing the young guns how to do it too so yeah yeah i like uh i like eddie being back in prominence right now it's it's great for everybody and morale too it's just he's such a good good fixture in the back in the locker room but anyways all that to say that i've been trying to catch up with all the episodes and i think i'll i'll be able to get through most of them in the in the in short while yeah um as for mark and everything too i think part of that is that uh i was originally a montreal guy um that's where i was born and raised and i left town about uh, i guess about like 22 so like i knew nothing about the auto scene before i came out here um mike roch had uh suggested what year was that sorry that you came here to ottawa uh let's see let's see to the uh, i came i had visited ottawa and i came to see four shows back in 2000 and 
I want to say 2008, 2007. I checked back some C4 results and I actually did see one of your matches back then. So I think it was a tag or something. It was back then. And just doing my homework like I I do for all the shows. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I, I eventually moved out here in 2009. I've been going to shows back Back then, it was I was exclusive to IWS, and then after that, I came out here, did C4, and I started to just catch all the indies that were anywhere. And as I made friends with more wrestlers and everything, I just jumped on some of their cars and went to shows that were like an hour out, even the small ones, and try to network through them. But mostly just because I'm a wrestling fan, first and foremost. So you know, oh, there's a show in Cornwall. Let me drive with you guys. I'll you know pay my part of the gas and everything, and then go see a show there. Oh, there's a a show in Renfrew. There's a show in here, and so that was that was my idea. Just go. To see a bunch of shows and after popping up everywhere and you know kind of annoying everybody they're like ah we'll put them on a show i guess we'll have them talking so that's how i got to know people just networking persistently and um and and going to as much wrestling as i possibly can for my own enjoyment and for networking it's just uh try to do a couple of things in the city too that i don't think other people have thought of or had done so i'm sure we'll get to a little more of that that noise mm-hmm. is my son and uh, <laughs> that's okay mine was right behind me about five minutes ago so he doesn't so wrong- pay attention to me for hours, and when I'm busy now, he's like, "Oh, Daddy, okay, <laughs> this looks fun." <laughs> uh huh. Oh, Daddy's got that microphone. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why one of these is missing part of the uh, the cushion, I think, too. Oh boy, <laughs> that was him. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I've I've tried to bring different perspectives into the local scene and try to network as much as I could and try to just meet and talk and 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 bring up different ideas whether that be like things i've done either through my own podcast things i've done through facebook uh an interview series that i had stuff like um a swap meet that i had uh things i did like a swap meet i was uh going to uh, i had a second one in mind right before covid hit and then i had another planned for a um a uh what was it uh, like a trivia pub night i have two locations in mind right now one i'm sure i could you know, pretty much jump on it right away. The other, I'd have to contact them a little more. But all these things that I think the scene was kind of missing or, or didn't do in a while or, or could be, you know, value added to some people as a promotional tour or just for fun or gain um, more sort of eyes on a product and such uh, with, with new fans and stuff. I'm, I'm always kind of just thinking because I don't want to be a wrestler. I don't want to really potentially be a promoter. I don't want to do a lot of this, the, the kind of conventional roles, but I do always think about bringing more eyes to products bringing more eyes to to, to to shows and thinking of shows in a slightly different way than maybe the formulaic archaic you know nine matches two and a half hours put up mm-hmm. posters market on facebook and stuff i think that's been done to death in too many places but if you can bring a different spin to different things like a lot of promotions the successful ones are doing right now and you've both seen shows that draw 20 people right so like <laughs> I've, I've been on those they're not fun <laughs> i've yeah. promoted those they're not fun uh, <laughs> I, I worked your show with <laughs> six you people. worked my yeah oh, and man. sometimes it's bad luck sometimes it's bad timing sometimes it's a combination of you know marketing maybe could have been done differently or what could have been different and so i'm always thinking okay i've learned from those people i've seen what happens there and just what can i kind of add to it and whether that's me talking to a new promoter like uh seaway valley for example, uh, I talked to a promoter out there a lot and just getting my perspective on things because I've been to indie wrestling a lot more than some of these other mm-hmm. guys who are in the scene or some of my friends who are, you know, starting off on the indie scene as wrestlers too. They just, they, they go, wow, you know, you've been going to shows forever now or you've been watching wrestling for the last 30 plus years. What, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I've been watching indie wrestling since 
probably like 2000. So that's about 20 years plus of stuff too. So yeah, I, I, whether or not I've actually taken bumps, I think is irrelevant in terms of the marketing piece sometimes. Yeah. So I have like a hundred questions from <laughs> what you just talked about there. So there's so much we could discuss, right? So, but um, I'm going to be selfish. And yeah. first of all, I'm going to shamelessly say that for your trivia pub night, you need yes. to check out our sponsor, Brew Revolution, located in lovely Stittsville, Ontario. Nice. <laughs> Matt's nice. so happy I organically slipped that in right now. Bob, you and I are involved. Oh, actually, Ryan is too, because this podcast is on uh, the Wrestling with ALS. Yes. And you were Very talking forward to that. And you were talking about the, the multi branches of maybe things that are different. And this is my shameless plug of Wrestling with ALS, where we're going to have the podcast, we're going to have the live wrestling, we're going to have uh, the stand up comedy. We're going to uh, to have a trivia element, so maybe we can uh, discuss that with you. Yeah. Um, we're going to uh, uh, we're talking about doing an auction because yeah. uh, a lot of the online auctions that are selling like wrestling merchandise, we're going to have that. So you talking about like branching off and things. And that I maybe... love all those ideas. Bring back, bring more than just that kind of show element, which is important, holds all the pieces together. But bring up all those different pieces. That's why I hear something like that. I'm so excited because. I, you know, I'm, I'm fine to go do those 20 person shows, but if, if you can bring up all these different ideas and kind of meld them all together, it just, you know, it gets my heartbeat up and like, I'm really, really excited about that kind of stuff. Well, as you can attest when we had the meeting and it was Holden Albright who said, you know, do the comedy show. And I was just like, fucking a, (laughs) you, you talked about, you know, a lot of things there, Bob. So, um, let's just kind of back up to you as a fan. So were you the type of fan who would go to these shows and, you like you had the itch to do something more than just be a fan um so when i was 13 and i was watching wcw and i saw bobby heenan do his stuff and specifically i remember the i know this is a bit of segue but it's going to wrap up really quickly i remember hearing mike Tanay and bobby heenan on whatever episode it was of, of of nitro i guess and then they were going back and forth and heenan's just like how do you i think it was talking about the luchadors and all the history and of Ray and, and Eddie and somebody else. I, I don't even remember which Luchadors it was, but he was bringing up all these facts and everything and going, Bobby and goes, how do you know all that, you know, today? And I was just like, oh, I want to be Mike today. I want to do that later. I want to, <laughs> I want to be him. I want to read. I want to look on the internet. I, I, want, I, want, I want to ask questions and everything. And so since that point, I've been trying to figure out how to get into wrestling. That wasn't the intent of every show I attended because I genuinely loved just watching wrestling too. So I'm happy to go see a show. But yeah, I had the itch to do commentary. Ring announcing came up just as as a, some Roch actually gave me an opportunity to do one of his shows, and I've been ring announcing all his Canadian shows since then. Mm-hmm. But um, he just said, "Hey, why don't you give this a try?" But commentary is always what I wanted. I made my debut at C4 about five years ago, a little bit over five years ago, and that was me just kind of pestering both Adam Belanger and and Mark in the end, and then I got a shot there. And uh, my first match actually, I, I called or first bunch were with Chaz too. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Commentary is hard. I've done it once. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's in a sense, it's kind of like podcasting where we recorded these first few shows and I'm like, oh God, I sucked. Like, I don't even want to go back and watch the show and hear myself. But yeah, like it takes time, right? Eventually yeah. you, you start to get comfortable and build up that confidence like anything else you do. And five years, you've been, you said you've been commenting now. So, I mean, you're probably, you kind of go on what, like autopilot when you're doing it and just do what comes naturally to you now. It depends on the on the on your partner. Like I've been doing, I've been called hundreds of matches with Adam Belanger. So like at this point, Adam B. So at this point, yeah, me and him can kind of go on autopilot. 
although I still love to do all the research and look into everything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a very big geek in terms of just looking up stats, history, uh, finishers, uh, um, prior kind of just storylines, everything, uh, uh, titles, everything too. Uh, and all that stuff like cage match is my, is my Bible pretty much. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, that stuff, but you go with a new partner or you go with a new promotion and then there's the jitters come all back as soon as you step in somewhere new or is not, not familiar or, or you see wrestlers you've never met before, then yeah, some, sometimes it can go on a pilot, but when it's a new experience, I've got to, I've got to kind of be sharp all the time and, 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 and think about what I'm going to say. And it, there's a, a lot of kind of a gelling period with new partners that, uh, that, that, that hopefully happens sometimes and sometimes when it's just a spot show and you only work with a guy once then yeah it's a, it's a little rough yeah when i uh like i've i've been ring announcing now for uh i've been married for 12 years so about 12 years and it wasn't until pretty recently that i stepped into commentary and not trying to put myself over ring announcing came very naturally to me uh, i just turned out it was a good ring announcer uh commentary did not come naturally to me mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely an art and it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something that you have to, to learn. And as you said, a partner, like it's one thing if I'm sitting there and I'm doing it myself, uh, Joey styles, you know, ask, <laughs> but yeah, when you have that partner and I, I do, I have a great partner, uh, with new school wrestling, uh, Chris crucifix, and I'm lucky that he's done it a lot and he kind of, he, he knows how to bring the, the young and along. That's that's one of the few times I get to call myself a youngin. Um, but yeah, commentary is definitely um, not uh, not easy. I did want to ask. So you you were saying that you you uh, took over Roch's Canadian Canadian dates. Mm-hmm. So did you take Lacor's place? Well, I mean, Lacor passed a while. Well, back. he did. He passed yeah. away. But did so, you come in after no, him? Uh, no, not right after. I've oh, I've okay. only I've only been working Roch's shows since he de- uh, since he debuted in um, Ganawage. Um, near Montreal, uh, the uh, the Native Reserve. So uh, the thing with ISW is they took a long hiatus, years and years. Yeah. So I'd have to look back. So I'm not sure who was on right before me, but it would have been a very long gap between me and who was on there previously. Um, from what I remember, I don't think Lacor consistently did every show right up until his passing, but I think he was on for the majority of them. And if there was somebody else on at max, it would have been a handful of shows maybe. And since they've come back, um, yeah. And as for the American... Canadian thing. I just I've never been to the states to work a show yet, and I would be a little worried to do it too if if, if it would be in public. You know the why. So um so uh, there was a standing offer to do some work in the states. When it happens, I'll tell people. But until then, you know, just keep it under. I'll keep it under wraps until it happens, not to jinx myself. But yeah, there's a there's standing offer from maybe two places to kind of help out and work on shows. But uh, obviously, I wouldn't post too much about that till I got back into Canada. <laughs> 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 All right, no, I was, I was just wondering because I know Lacor was uh, very much a staple yeah. of ISW, so I, I was just wondering kind of. You He's know, the I, reason I, I even started going to IWS shows, really, because I would read up on results, and I was a big ROH guy on the message boards all the time, reading and everything too. Back when they were had, uh, I think I jumped on when Samoa Joe had his title run, so okay. I was listening and watching everything I could. Bought so many of the DVDs, everything, and then I started hearing names from from Montreal, and I was like, "Wow, this place is like ten minutes away from the, this IWS." And it was basically because of everything I saw through Blackwars, uh, um, amazing, amazing posts, and I mean. Very selfishly, I've told a few people this. Um, I don't think I've told anyone on, on an interview or anything. But one of the big selfish pieces about Lacor, and I've met him, you know, I met him a whole bunch of times too. He knew me. So it was a, it was a case of I really wish he had seen my work 
and I heard my work and, and seen me because I really, really, really wanted to see what his opinion of my actual work was and, and see him do a little write up or do something because he just made every he his pros were like, you know, just just they flowered with with compliments for everybody. And I wish I, I had been able to sit through and see what he liked, what he didn't like and just mm-hmm. hear him write about me a little bit, too. So, I mean, I wish. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish uh, I had been kind of written about by Lacor. But yeah, he was uh, he was always very fun to be around when I when I saw him before. That's a pretty common feeling too from those who knew Lacor and have achieved like a pretty high level of success in the business is like, you know, for like Kevin and Sammy, uh, it's like, man, I wish Lacor could see what they were doing today, right? And he'd be so proud, right? Oh so God, he ever, yeah, I mean, yeah, they both they both still give him shout outs on Twitter mm-hmm. once in a while too. So yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch on on Montreal a little bit because yeah. so was was IS, ISW. Uh, no, I wanted to say IWS. That's yeah. what I wanted to say. Uh, was IWS your first indie show in Montreal? Yeah, uh, my okay. actual first show was in the uh, approximately I think it's 2006. Uh, um, was the Sabu match? He's he's actually come back to Montreal recently too in the last year. I think, yeah, or maybe two years. But it uh, was Sabu and, and sanctioned. Yeah, that's maybe? right. And yeah. and sanctioned big at, at the at the medley, which was their mm-hmm. best venue. I think it was him and PCO versus uh drew onyx and phantom i think yes i'm 99 sure that was a match so that, w- that sabu came in they weren't the main event because they still had to do their whole uh death match gimmick um mm-hmm. but yeah that was uh sabu coming in and that, at the time i believe that was their second biggest drawing show ever like maybe they've passed it yeah. right now but like that at the time there was their second biggest uh, uh fan so uh um, um crowd so when i went there i was blown away by how cool it was and the lights and the everything and just the atmosphere and everything so yeah yeah we were so i started training in, in 2005 i think so i was wrestling by 2006 and we'd actually like a few of us when we were students we'd drive down to watch iws shows and um you know we, we knew some of the guys who were working the shows like uno and Stu. i think we're just yeah. getting their start there at the time but um it always sort of blew us away a bit how Montreal has this like indie that it just has this like big fight feel to it right this big atmosphere to it and that's something like we didn't necessarily have in Ottawa at the time um and I think you know C4 has obviously done a great job at, at filling that void but like what I wanted to ask you was when you came to Ottawa did you did you see any difference in terms of the like independent wrestling uh community or even the feel of going to a show in Montreal versus Ottawa. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, also it's, it's a little bit different because I went to, I went to other shows in Montreal too. ISW when they popped up around Fufu and Selectrix. Um, um, I also went to an NCW show. I can't remember. If I went to a Femme Fatale show much later or around there. So like IWS wasn't my only Montreal based kind of show, but what I saw a difference too is, and I mean, it's indicative of the entire city is just, there was like a very strong French versus English field too. And I'm primarily an Anglophone. I'm, I'm I fluent-ish, but still, you know, when when a lot of the show when promos are being done in French or when their big pops are coming out to like French-based stuff, and like um, you remember uh, um, Fred Lamerveille and running mm-hmm. the whole they're running the whole uh, uh, SLI Syndicat de Lutte Internationale thing. So that was like an anti-Anglophone thing, and they they played it like they played it like Heart Foundation versus you know america and everything too and i get it but like being an anglophone i was like okay i'm the bad guy here in this angle right (laughs) so there was a different feel and iws they pride themselves on like kind of that crazy grimy feel as opposed to some of the other shows so when i came over to c4 and i saw the show first off much smaller crowd 
obviously grew over the years, but the mm-hmm. first two ones I came to were pretty small. I'd say maybe less than a hundred people, probably maybe a slightly more, but around there. Um, and so there was a different feel to the overall shows, a different kind of, um, I, I, I made friends almost immediately when I came over and I, I was more talkative and I could do it. Uh, Montreal, I didn't really feel that again, might be a city thing rather than the promotion, but, and then I got to kind of meet some of the people around and like Mark was very, very, as you know, very, very personal right away. I think I like talked to him my second or third show. He was asking me how I was doing and everything. And I'm like, I see all these old shows where him, Roch, probably you, Ryan, too, are all in the crowd for, for IWS and other shows too. So I like, I, I could spot them being fans of that area. And I think that's why we got along pretty early on because we had kind of these shared histories. I think he was going to shows only a few months, maybe a year before I did out in Montreal anyway. So I started coming to his shows and I started to see stuff. And there was a difference in terms of the overall feel kind of the fans, the approachability of people, the setup of the venues too, and kind of what they were doing. And um, I, I mean, for my buck, I'm here now. So, I mean, I much prefer Ottawa <laughs> at this point than Montreal, but every once in a while, I'll still go down. I mean, I, I did work for IWS eventually too, which was awesome. Yeah. It was full yeah. circle. Um, I'm not with them anymore, but I, I worked for them for about a year and a bit. And uh, I got to call an IWS on F and Sanction too. So, you know, I posted about that pretty proudly. I was like, look, my first show was there and now I'm back and, and I think it was probably a pretty comparative crowd size too. It was a huge show. So uh, I'm pretty happy that got. Uh, it's kind of like nice closure too on your, yeah. your time in Montreal, right? Yeah. Starting off yeah, yeah. as a, a fan going to an event sanction, then finishing up as a commentator yeah. for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I've worked a few more places in Montreal since then too. And I think one of my favorite things too was working really close to home. So my brother could come see me at a show too. I was like, yeah, that's pretty. We could, we both grew up. He's younger, about three years. Yeah. Ago. We both grew up really, really, really heavy wrestling fans. He kind of dropped off a little bit, but you know, him coming to see me at a show and everything too. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, just getting family and someone I really care about to come see me and, uh, and then be part of the show. And some of my friends from Montreal too have come see me since then at shows too, which is always fun. My, uh, my, my parents actually didn't have never seen me work a show yet. A, cause I didn't tell them for the longest time. Um, and uh, B, because even when I did show them a match of mine, when I was doing commentary, uh, it was a harrowing experience of them not understanding what was going on. So I'm like, ah, it's, it's okay. You don't, you don't have to keep following me. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's nice that you're proud of me. You don't have to actually watch mm-hmm. any of my stuff. It's because <laughs> my, my dad watches a lot of WWE, but that's it. Has not, never really watched anything else. So he understands that, but he doesn't understand anything out of that, outside of that format. And my mom, obviously, in the you know just watches whatever is on in the background occasionally but so they don't don't really get it but they're happy i'm happy so <laughs> they'll eventually like the same with the show yeah same with me with my parents when i i think they always assumed like my my desire to become a wrestler was just a phase and it would eventually wear off and then i remember the day came when i said i found a school and i'm i'm signed up and i'm going and they're like what like what really okay and, but go it's for it sure. I, didn't, I didn't need to go to school or anything so yeah although just... i went to shows i just told them i was going to <laughs> i was going as a fan and end of questions yeah. that's it <laughs> and eventually they did come and watch a couple shows but i, I always felt like you guys like you don't have to come and watch this like uh, this is my enjoyment not yours yeah. but thanks yeah. for coming and supporting and being proud yeah. of me yeah i mean i wish they would have paid for the shirts i made them but whatever <laughs> they raised me it's fine they get some free merch i guess it's i okay. didn't count my parents tickets much to uh <laughs> the delight of the uh promoters of the shows i was working yeah i think on the flip side my dad just assumes only wwe is on steroids because he's seen pictures and videos of the indie scene he's like i'm bigger than all of them i'm like yeah dad you're more fit than 50 percent of the guys on the card i get it so he just assumes you know oh okay you take steroids when you're in wwe these guys obviously aren't doing it 
<laughs> just to kind of to, to stick to this, uh, Ryan, what was Dave's feeling on steroids? Because there was never talked, never about, talked about it. No, no. no. Okay, I didn't no, know because like, we had some there, smaller there was, guys. There was a lot of smaller guys in battleground. I don't know if it ever came up. Like, hey, Dave, what, what you, if I started? You know, no. All that came up was you knew certain guys were on the gas and certain most guys weren't. Um, it, it was it was not really widely talked about it's it's a private thing for most people right whether they do or not and nine times out of ten you can tell who is and isn't so I now mean, it's never, never anything we talked about, about. yeah yeah okay. yeah there's uh, there's definitely some who are just very open about it. like yeah i i do <laughs> and i've subsequently failed drug tests <laughs> no I, I just i just didn't know if dave have had ever voiced his opinion on uh on steroids or I think like I, if someone asked him about it maybe sure oh, okay um I, I know people who mulled it over at from time to time. Like, should I just to bulk up, do it, you know, for a little bit. And um, for me, it was never something I wanted to entertain. Like I'm, I'm six feet tall. I was over 200 pounds. So uh, for me, like on the independent circuit, I, I already had enough size, uh, whether it was the right type of size, you know, like I wasn't like a big Jack guy or anything, but I was athletic, but like certainly carried some extra weight on me too. Um, but it was just something like personally, my decision was to not ever take the the long-term health chance of, of doing that and having something you know with my heart or whatever go go wrong in the future so but yeah. personal choice for everybody yeah we're, we're really off on a tangent here um I so you want another tangent ryan i saw yeah, you let's go for it last two matches of yours that i saw uh conveniently available on iwtv oh, um thanks. were hell wicked um oh yes yeah yeah and there was another three-way match and one of the guys uh was uh jimmy stone now james stone both yep. of them big guys. So, like, I feel like had I seen you maybe versus one of the smaller five foot eight kind of guys, you know, 130 pounds, uh, would have been slightly different than both, you know, pretty tall, pretty wide kind of guys like Halloween and such. And so I think that size difference, yeah, maybe, maybe you would have looked even bigger against some of the smaller guys there, too. The, yeah. Unless the it was Hall- on purpose to put it against, uh, put, put you against all the tall guys, anyways. Uh, what? So Shane Hawk, who was the other guy in that three-way dance, he's yeah. smaller than me. Oh, Shane's um, at the time was very small too. James has probably got a couple inches on me, and Hallowicked was about the the same height as James, probably like six three, six four. But yeah, that Hallowicked match was a ton of fun, and that happened um, day of because I'm sure you've heard the story of the infamous snow brawl, right? Yeah. So um a bunch of like guys who were within an hour or two of the show got stuck and couldn't make it, but the Jakara car from philadelphia made it <laughs> yeah that was they that braved was, the snow that was mm-hmm. a trip too yeah. um but that's that's a good segue to to c4 right the uh, snow brawl show so you said five years as a commentator but mm-hmm. you you've obviously been around um longer as a fan so um how long was it before you you got your start on commentary where you were coming to shows but just watching the shows and kind of learning about the uh, ottawa community and and getting to talk to mark so I initially, because I was still living in Montreal, and I came to see two shows at the time, okay. um, just because I, I had the idea to move to Ottawa in, in the few years after I kind of graduated and everything. So I, I came out to see two shows, and I took a, a few years break. So I mean, technically, the answer would be, I guess, 2000 and uh, when did I graduate university? So about 2007 is when I first came to shows, and I didn't go back for a, quite some time. And then when I moved out here, I, went, I started going to every show I could. Um, the problem was I was living in Gatineau wasn't driving and the shows were at that point in kind of past in Ottawa. So like if I missed the bus and everything here, no Ubers back then too, you know, I'd, I'd have a 30, $40 taxi to get back home. 
And so at a certain point, I was like, uh, well, I'm just, I don't know, Mark. Like, it, it's, it's far. And, like, there's, I can't get back. And I don't know anyone that lives near me. So I'm not going to come to every show. I'll come to a big one. So then I took a little break from going to every show. Um, so it was, a, it was a few years, I'd say, at least another, uh, what is 2021? At least another four or five years of going to shows. Then I caught on, like most people, came on to do Ring Crew. So I worked Ring Crew and for about almost a year, 10, 11 months, and I started doing sound almost immediately. So working, it wasn't ever my intent to stay on sound, but it was pretty cool. Like I got to talk to a lot of wrestlers at that point, meet new people, do stuff. And because I was a huge fan anyway, so I was like, oh, cool. I get to introduce, kind of, introduce all these wrestlers from the States and everything too, because C4 had a pretty steady mm-hmm. uh, um, drive worth of, of guys from uh, the States coming in. So that was cool. And I did that for almost a year. Um, and then finally I got to do some dark matches and like any wrestler too, I guess, like I did a whole bunch of dark matches before I ever got on the main card. And so some, usually sometimes the dark matches never even made tape. So I've got a whole bunch of matches I did that ended up nowhere, <laughs> but the first two matches I did back five years ago were Decker Lockhart versus Colin Oliver. And then, uh, Kobe Durst versus Dino Benjamin. Okay. So, yeah. That was my first night. And since then, I've done a whole lot. But yeah, that was my start back five years ago. So, a few years of fans, of being a fan, a few years, a year of doing kind of ring crew and stuff. And so, also, when a guy just jumps on who hasn't done any work for a promotion and is kind of new and just jumps onto a show and doesn't kind of get a sense of what the fans are like, what the product is like, what the kind of the feel and the and and the voice overall and what 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 you want to portray through that i think it's it's not the right fit if you haven't done the research or don't know anything about the promotion so even though you can bring in like guest appearances and, and guys from all over the place do come to if they don't understand you know like imagine a guy comes on and swears a mile a minute for a show like a like a c4 it's not a really good fit mm-hmm. that yeah could mm-hmm. work for like a czw or that could work for whatever a gcw but like and then you got a family product or you got something that's maybe comedy heavy um like an isw versus not you can't bring the same kind of voice that you do overall so you got to tailor it and so yeah i got to know what c4 was about and every promotion i've gone to since then as long as they're not you know a spot show again i've done a lot of research watched whatever they're doing you know hours and hours worth of just kind of listening to who and what they sound like and see if either i can match that improve it do whatever i can but yeah, there's there's a lot of things that go into the thought process of trying to be a good commentator. But, uh, what are your what are your favorite C4 memories before you started commentating? Meeting the rest of the ring crew, and I'm like super close friends with everyone who's been there for a while now. You know, a bunch of them came to my wedding even. So like I had a whole table of just C4 ring crew and and everything too. And um, yeah, so um, just meeting all those guys, you know, uh, uh, hanging out with them, uh, um, and and then kind of seeing all these big names come into the promotion too and being starstruck. Um, and at one point too, before I did commentary, there was a, a match I was playing, I was doing music for with, at that point, Joey Janela wasn't like a huge name, but he was making waves here and there. He still wasn't kind of attached to GCW. hadn't even started at that point. It was still Jersey Pro uh, or Jersey Championship. And uh, so Joey Janela came in, did a show. It was him versus Matthew St. Jacques. And I was really, really excited because I'm like, oh, man, I know Joey. A lot of people maybe don't know him yet, but he was starting to get more famous. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, you work music, right? Over here, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to come over during the match and I'm going to punch you. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah. You know, Absolutely. Like, me. I'm like, yeah, punch me, whatever. He's like, oh, I'm really light. I'm like, I don't care. Well, I can take a punch. It's fine. Like, just don't hit me in the glasses, maybe. He's like, okay, kid, take your glasses off then. I'm like, cool. All right. So 
I, I think I took my glasses off, stayed there during the match. He comes over. They did this whole thing. I think it was during the winter, so they went outside even just to get like a bigger pop of wrestling in the snow or something. Comes over, hits me with, didn't even feel it, but then I crushed down and I fell down as hard as I could after. I was like, okay, this is my probably one and only bump I'm ever going to take. So <laughs> really got to put my heart into it. Serge, the ref, yeah, thought I got hit for real. So he came up to me and was like, are you okay? And I kind of sold it and everything. I went, I even left. Oh, you worked Surge. That's awesome. (laughs) He's still mad about it to this day. He's like, I can't believe you did that to me. And I'm like, yeah, no, because then I I did that to Surge. A few other people were checking up on me because I held my face for the entirety. That was the main event. So the next 30 plus minutes, even when I was wrinkling, I was like, oh God, it still hurts. Then we go out to Denny's. He's like, you know, that Joey Janela, and I'm not going to swear on here, but oh my God, that, that guy, everything. I'm like, Serge, wrestling's fake, man. And he goes, what? <laughs> Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, he didn't even touch me. And years ago at this point, it's, we laugh about it. Every year when it shows up on my, on my Facebook uh, um, sort of memories, every year I just have to send and post it to Serge. You go, hey, thanks so much for doing that. And he cusses me out and everything. And even Mark at one point was like, you held your face for like an hour there. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, okay. You didn't want to tell me? I'm like, no, I didn't want to tell you about that. That is Commit- tremendous. Commitment to the gimmick. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that was fun. And uh, seen some other things too. And uh, when I got to do music for Two Cold Scorpio, that was really cool too. Because I, I also hit the wrong music. And so everybody razzed me about that. Nobody in the fans knew because it was like his old music, I think, Jungle Boogie. But he had okay, something yeah. new that he had created, like a custom Two Cold. He didn't care. He never brought it up. Um, you know, you you probably know why he didn't bring it up, but like he just went ahead. But all my friends for for months until he had his another booking there were just, you know, they would always send me clips of Jungle Boogie or just, you know, call me Jungle Bobby for a while too. And I was like, oh, Scorpio, I screwed up that one time. So those are some. Well, in, in fairness to you, that that was a really great theme too. Oh, amazing. It fit in perfectly. The fans loved it. It did. Right? Yeah. I don't even know why he changed to a custom song because that was perfect for him. But yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Those are uh, two of the favorite. Just, you know, having fun with friends. Um, you were, you were mes- mentioning uh, Seaway Valley earlier. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing rumblings about Seaway Valley. What can you tell me about them? So Seaway has this like. Very akin to maybe a C4. It makes sense because the guys working there and, 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 and the people kind of running the promotion have been to a lot of C4 shows and they're helping our ring crew and just kind of absorbing and soaking up. So I, I think it's the closest in terms of stylistically to anything else maybe in Ontario to a C4. Okay. They're trying to reproduce that in Cornwall. And the thing is Cornwall didn't have a promotion and didn't have a wrestling presence for years. Mm-hmm. They had something else come up before them. It wasn't Seaway, and it kind of, from what I understand, not that I had been to Cornwall too often, but kind of burnt out the entire audience over there through different things. They brought up a new thing, and 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 they've been going on for a few years now. And I've been, I started with them on their second show, okay. Um, and ever since, I've been super happy. I'm, I call it my like my home away from home at this point because everyone there's super respectful. Everyone there's super into wrestling. You know, these are like wrestling fans running. A wrestling and promotion. I don't say that in a derogatory way. I know it kind of sounded like that for a second, but I mean they're very passionate about this product and they want to kind of enrich Cornwall. And and uh, so like they they have run Seaway Valley and have been making a huge deal out of it so far because like they've had some TV spots. Uh, they're bringing all these big names, ROH guys, American guys, like all these big name guys are coming in and and putting on really really spectacular showings while still supporting. Like the local kind of whether businesses, promotions, uh, um, um, kind of charities and such 
doing a good mix. And that's what I like to see on my promotions too, being like socially conscious as well as um, wrestling heavy. And uh, yeah, I've, I'm super happy to be with them. They're running their first show back from COVID um, August 28th. It's going to be a fundraiser um, for the local kind of uh, baseball, youth baseball uh, organizations out there in Cornwall. And the card they have so far, I think they've announced most of the card. It's It's spectacular. It's a good mix of like, bigger names and and local talent from all over Quebec and Ontario. Oh, you want to get up? The heck are you doing, Ryan? <laughs> Sandman, baby. So, let's let's, 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 let's only, explain why the Sandman just popped up on our podcast. I was going to say because, and the only reason I knew that was you was because your box lit up. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> Bob mentioned being like socially conscious and stuff. And one of the the things I remembered that I wanted to ask was um, I I remember Mark saying like you, you'd run, I think it was maybe like a a flea market or a merchandise sale or something like that. And, um, and it was going to benefit, I think the MS society of Canada. Right. So before you answer that and and correct me, you can correct me, but um, I was on your Twitter and I found the picture of the please donate to the MS Society of Canada. And when I clicked the next picture, that's when our buddy Sandman popped <laughs> up and interrupted us. So with that said, go ahead and, and clarify what uh, exactly you were raising funds for. Sure. Um, so the clarification that wasn't, uh, I've done other activities and, and like the swap meet that I was very happy about, we're going to try to run our second one, et cetera. But that one was actually in celebration of my five years of commentary and five years of just being around in wrestling. I wanted to have like a fun thing. And it was actually my wife's initial idea. And I kind of built and built and like I do, I just can become obsessive about a few things, but I didn't think, I thought it was a bit egotistical for me to just put on a fun event, celebrating myself. Like, Hey, it's my five years come hang out and hear all the great things I did. So I was like, I just wanted to find a good uh, uh, charitable cause for it to try to raise some money at the same time, because I mean, everyone listening to me just talk is one thing, but um, I was thinking about it. And one of my friends, uh, RJ, um, who's around the scene as well, a referee, great referee. And and he's done a lot of stuff, especially out in Brockville. They ran their own promotion, him and a few buddies too, um, has MS. Um, he's very vocal about it because he runs a lot of sort of fundraising activities and everything. And, and most of them involve Twitch. Um, you know, some of them more successful than others. And I said, okay, great. Like, do you want to, you know, co-run a Twitch type of activity? So we had, I went ahead to a bunch of promoters, a bunch of wrestlers, a bunch of just um, different people around in the wrestling scene to kind of get their interaction with stuff, get, get their like little snippets. So I made it almost like a, a long like presentation, I kind of structured almost like a show, right? I was like, okay, beginning, uh, different segments, interviews, promos, uh, this, that. We had live interviews from Mike Roch. We had a live interview from my buddy, Nate, who's a wrestler in the States. And I had uh, Ardo Ocal from oh, yeah. form, formerly WWE, TSN, blah, 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 blah. Like uh, he's everywhere, um, who was my mentor for, for commentary as well. Um, I still keep in good contact with him. He's a great guy. Um, so I had all three of those guys in live interviews. And then I had taped segments. So leading up to there, especially COVID, so what else are you going to do? I was like, leading up to that, no shows, no nothing. I was like, okay, I want to kind of build a wrestling kind of thing around this. And so I got these segments from people. I think I got maybe four, five, six pre-recorded segments to kind of pump up these Twitch views and try to raise money and promote it before the show. And I said, well, I need, I need one established name outside of kind of the local scene too. And I thought, well, well, 
best way to get that is like on Cameo, right? So <laughs> I looked around, who's affordable? Who would we get a pretty good pop from people? Who would people even know? Some of the Indian names, maybe not as big visibility. Um, I was thinking maybe even some guys like Effie, Dan Housen, Warhorse and everything too. But then I found a very affordable Sandman. And I said, oh, <laughs> everyone, everyone that's going to watch this knows Sandman. And it was him or New Jack at one point too. But I think New Jack was like three times the price. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace. Mm-hmm. And so I got Sandman to promote it. I gave him a few lines and he just hit it out the park there with what I foresee as a very drunken ECW style promo that I asked him for. So that was to um, um, pump up and, and promote the, the stream. And we raised uh, 1600 bucks off of the stream to go awesome. to MS. Nice. Basically, it, 99% of the work was me and RJ and uh, Matt, um, one of our friends as well, doing everything behind the scenes to get this ready, to promote it, to, to structure it, get recordings. And Matt, you know as well as I do, uh, um, trying to get interaction from wrestlers and people in wrestling sometimes like herding cats, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, a, a little bit, but uh, so, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's worth it in the end, for Absolutely. sure. Well, the money we raised, I was so happy. Yeah. I was hoping, I was just praying upon, prayer upon prayer, can we raise three, four hundred, five hundred bucks? Please just raise enough that I don't look like mm-hmm. a complete embarrassment after the weeks of promoting this. So my goal was about, I think, four, five hundred. I would have been happy, but we raised triple that and like quadruple that even if you look at four hundred. So I was ecstatic. And um, yeah, I just it was happy. I was happy to both involve all my friends in something wrestling related and uh, raise money. And, you know, Sandman mm-hmm. was just like, a, hey, everyone's going to know Sandman and love it. So that's why I still laugh at that promo, too. It was, it was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll definitely watch it uh, in full later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's really awesome, Bob. And, you know, it, it kind of makes me think, too, of like fighting back, right? Like I wrestled yeah. on the first couple of fighting backs yeah. and they're still going today and, and doing so well, too. It's tremendous to, to be able to put that on and raise so much money for a good cause. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I tried to do my bit too. Uh, even in, like the swap meet that I put on, I had I had Steven come out with a table to kind of sell his wares for fighting back and everything. And I tried to involve different things. And I'm, I'll always be there to to lend a hand, ring crew, commentary, whatever they need me for, for, for uh, fighting back for sure. So you must be getting itchy to get back to uh, to a show. Have you been to a show yet as a fan? Uh, I went to the Lut- I went to the Lut- uh, Little Set. Okay, show. yeah, yeah. Little Set show. Uh, I was a little late coming in, so I missed a bit at the beginning. But I, I went to the show. Um, had a lot of fun. Got to see a bunch of my buddies. I wasn't sure if we were allowed to hug everybody in there with masks or high fives <laughs> or uh, knuckle bumps. And there was one or two people I didn't realize were there until later because because of the masks. So that kind of was like, oh, I wasn't trying to miss you so you. we watched the uh the stream of it after oh, the right, fact right, and, right. and did our little review last week um and it, you know what like we we kind of both had the same reaction it looked like a smaller crowd but a really hot crowd who was hmm. very excited to see live pro wrestling yeah. again yeah absolutely i've worked uh, i've worked a little seven show as well on commentary one one show because uh i replaced uh mcgee uh sorry twiggy once so yeah, okay I, uh, he was supposed to do commentary one time couldn't make it so I stood in there and uh, yeah, but as for a show, super fun show. Um, I heard later that they couldn't do any segments longer than 15 minutes because of COVID restrictions. So that's, oh, why, you had a lot, okay. that's why you had a lot of shorter matches. And um, that's why the card as well was, what was it? Five, five matches. matches. Yeah. yeah. And the reason that I thought it was going to be like a full three hour show. And the reason they did that too, again, COVID, like you can't have too many people in for too right. long. So like they had certain restrictions, they worked around it. And uh, yeah, it uh, turned out to be a lot of fun. That was my first show back. Um, I have a few on the docket already as, as for going. I am itching to a certain extent, but I've done commentary on my time off here during COVID because 
a lot of pre-recorded content will hit, hit, hit my uh, uh, my inbox and you know i've been able to call stuff not as fun obviously it's just this basically looking yeah. at a screen but still fun to try to get it and doing commentary solo for the first time and doing commentary over or pre-recorded which i've done before in post but like not in this exact circumstance incredibly difficult the first few matches i did felt like i was learning commentary all over again it was really really hard but I'm, I'm getting a little bit better into the knack of things, I think. Yeah, I, I've been doing uh, commentary for uh, old Moonshine-branded wrestling footage, and I know what's coming. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it, and it's just like... But I, I, I want to act excited when something happens, but at the same time, I don't want it to sound too forced and too... <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of like, oh! And then in your head, you're just like, oh my god, did that sound stupid? <laughs> I, I'm also like a little bit of a technophobe as as everyone saw with my wife coming in and adjusting my microphone so <laughs> my big problem too is trying to edit or adjust things afterwards as long as i'm in live i'm like all right it's out of my hands now you know it's going over to matt hack or whoever else is i hear you on that so <laughs> my funny. role here is just to talk <laughs> and after this is done everything ships over to matt uh-huh. and that's the way i like it yeah, so, I'll, uh, i'm gonna teach him i'm gonna teach ryan yeah. eventually like i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him this is the program and Do you not look- recall how difficult it was for me just to connect this microphone to this phone? <laughs> oh, I, how I many adapters we- I purchased and returned? God, how many how many weeks did that take? <laughs> too like many, two three weeks. <laughs> too many. Yeah, but in fairness, it was during like lockdown, and I couldn't go into a store to actually see the packaging myself. I had to rely on my very. Um, common uh def- uh description of the product i need uh, i need the the smaller thing to fit in the bigger thing for a microphone that i'm attaching to my phone and i you know uh i was i was hopeless what can i say remember and when you- we were all making fun of older generations why can't you do this on your phone why can't you fix it now i'm like oh, i get it i get it i get yeah. it yeah yeah and and to be fair and in defense of ryan it wasn't all his fault it was also i, I don't want to mention their name but they rhyme with maples that they told you what chords you needed, and it was the wrong chord. It did, yeah. So, but I, again, I'm taking my share of the blame <laughs> on that too. With, I, I don't. I, it turns out I needed a what was like a a USB to Lightning dash C cable or something like that. Uh, if you guys had, okay. If you guys okay. have like a mic sponsor right now, it'd be the perfect time to drop that a headphone or a mic sponsor instead of right? the pub. Yeah. Too. Well, as yeah. you can see, like we're, he's, we're not he's got a big enough mic. to be on the the Raycon yeah. Rolodex yet. But, but hopefully... as you can see, he's got the proper microphone. Is, and I, yeah, I got I got something that I think I found in my basement from you know years ago. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about the sexy Eddie interview earlier, and. Um, we got into the subject of death matches with Eddie a little bit. And um, just from following you on the twi- on Twitter over the last uh, weeks, months, whatever it's been since we opened our, our podcast account, um, lots of retweets on GCW. So are you just a big fan of the promotion or is it the death match element of that promotion that appeals to you? I was curious just to see, or is that, and this is what I was thinking too now, because you've said, you know, you've given us your background of being a Montreal guy and IWS. Is it, is it kind of like you see IWS in GCW and maybe that's what I'm just curious to, to see what got you into that. Well, good question. A few different like ways I could go into there, but um I mean, IWS obviously wasn't the first one around to do death matches, anyways, too. So, like, mm-hmm. if you look at the history of it, death match wrestling in itself is—it's kind of like uh, a genesis from 
sorry, Smoky, uh, not Smoky Mountain, from uh, from uh, what am I thinking? Memphis. Are you thinking? Yeah, okay. Memphis started with with the concession stand brawls, and then Onita came in, did the second brawl. He brought it over to Japan. Um, started bringing popularizing over there, then made FMW. FMW made famous what went back over to ECW. ECW made famous what started spreading out all over the tri-state area. Tri-state area made things like XBW, made things like CZW, and then that way brought back up, brought up to IWS. And so you have that whole history, which I've you know researched extensively. But um, the whole idea there is that like it's not new to GCW. And neither did IWS like super influence GCW either. But what I think GCW does well, and I mean, during the pandemic era, if you look at what content was out there, it was primarily the things that were getting the most eyes was hardcore and deathmatch wrestling. It's it's in this undisputable what got the most eyes on on there, and you know whether it be Nick Gage, whether it be a whole ton of other stuff um, that came up. It was I think. I am interested in A, because it's a huge trend. They're the biggest indie around right now. They're traveling all over into different states, going from coast to coast. No other, no, like ROH does it to an extent, but an ROH hit a really bad few years there too, you know, by, by evidence of 100, person, 100 fans, 200 fans in there when they could be selling out like, you know, Madison's, uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, but they, GCW kind of capitalized on a few trends. They capitalized on what they do well is also picking up trends that are like they're putting on an emo night soon the whole thing's going to be emo music themed and i don't even know if music is the right word there but emo um the other one they did a backyard wrestling kind of lampooning backyard wrestling but also celebrating it um i mean who knows they might do like a country music themed show soon or something like that too like what i like about them is they take these risks they're inventive they're creative they do these different things and so and then putting matt cardona um, as their champion, which a whole bunch of people I thought were going to hate, but seemed to kind of really celebrate that the whole chase, the, the, the baby face chasing the, yeah. the dastardly heel. Like if you looked at those shows, 99% of guys were, of uh, the fans were behind Gage. How often do you see that in a promotion anymore where like the baby face is 99% cheered? Even now you got a lot of sarcastic kind of cynical people come and go, I got to cheer for their heel, whoever it is, just because, you know, because he's a heel. But like they did so well figuring out this is our guy. This is a guy we want. This is the guy that, that we're going to support. Even in that, their feud with um, um, RSP, Ricky Shane Page, amazing wrestler, amazing deathmatch wrestler too. But how do you make this guy like the top heel when people already love him? Because he was a babyface for years and years and years. It's that uh, you put him against Gage and you make them clearly defined roles. Although they have deathmatch wrestling, if you look at the storytelling, behind all their angles they're super old school they're bringing these like the angles that will be fit well in the 80s and the 90s so i think to 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 say all that is i like gcw in terms of what they represent creativeness inventiveness following through with storylines which is a huge pet peeve of mine if you look at the indie level too just people like wow we're going to change up the angle we're going to change up the story month to month because you know who cares anyways it's like ugh um, and so those are all the, 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 the things I support about them. Deathmatch wrestling by itself, cool, but like I'm not going to go on the limb and say it's my favorite style, nor that I need to go see everything deathmatch related all the time. So I like it and I like what they've done, but it's not just because of deathmatches that I follow GCW, nor am I saying GCW is my favorite mm-hmm. right now, but I like them as both what they're bringing to the table and as a study point. Like they're doing that really well. 
they're going all over the place. They've been to Mexico. How many promotions are traveling different countries? So what are they doing right? Please, people, please study them. Please figure out what they're doing and pick apart the things and see how it can influence your own promotion. I'm getting super passionate, but it's because like I want to see everyone succeed. Keep it going. I wanna, Love it. I want to. I want to <laughs> see people make money. I want to see like see um, areas and and promotions grow. I want more fans to come in. So find who the market leaders are. Find who's doing it well. Learn what you can, bring it. And of course, GCW is not going to work in like Ottawa or something. That's not the fans for it. But parts and elements of it are definitely going to. So see what you can bring over. See what fits for your fans and see how you can tailor that to make the most money, to build the brand and to get more fans out into, uh, into your shows and just expand. It's, uh, it's something that I think more people should study. The who, who's succeeding and why? The the doctor part of your name, it's not a gimmick. This guy, <laughs> no. this guy has a PhD here in, in wrestling. <laughs> Tremendous response there. I loved it. Um, oh, crap. There goes my question. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you where the doctor name came from, if that's the question coming up. Absolutely. It wasn't my question, but was that you, you want to ask that question? Matt? I have one more for Well, for okay. He, he Earlier he was talking about like, okay, I, I graduated university and all that. And earlier I was thinking like, I wonder where the doctor thing comes from. Like, you know, and then when he started like graduating from university, I'm like, oh, I don't oh, have this... a doctorate. I don't. I only well, have no, a but I'm saying maybe yeah. this might be a clue, but I still want to know where the heck the doctor came from. <laughs> so I go into the my first show, work in a dark, work in the dark match. Um, actually, I was so nervous. I've only told a handful of people, but I, I'm probably sure I had a panic attack before my first show. I uh, didn't do that, you know, standing in the back, kind of puking into a garbage can. But it was it wasn't that far off. I got to the show, and then I get there. And then I go up to Mark. I'm like, okay, you know, well, what am I doing? Dark match, cool. Okay, okay. He goes, yeah, you need a name. I'm like, Mark, there's like an hour before the show. What do you mean I need a name? Come on, like you could have given me a little bit of notice. And I've always, I've always thought Mike Tanay was my favorite. Like just the way he approaches it. I think I copy him a lot to a degree. A few people I copy, but Mike Tanay especially. Um, so I got in, and he goes, okay, you need a name. How about something like Doctor, Doctor Bobby, or something? I'm like, no, I don't really like that. Let me think of something. So I went out and I'm like, well, I love Tanae. Maybe I'll just be Professor Professor Bob, right? I was like, it's easy, gets to the point, and kind of gives reverence to uh, my hero. So I go up to him later. Show's about to start. I go, okay, Professor Bobby. He goes, no, nah, too many professors in, in wrestling, which, you know, obviously not true. There's more doctors. He goes, too many professors. You're Dr. Bob. Okay. And so he kicks me off, go off the commentary. I look over to Chaz. I go, yeah, I guess my name's Dr. Bob. He goes, okay. And then I don't think Chaz proceeds to even call me dr bob for the first show too he's just like bobby all right and uh yeah i didn't really stick on to the name at first but then i started to okay you know as i was doing more commentary and future shows i'm like okay let's just stick with the name i think it works and now i just go up to shows and you know fans i don't even know go hey doc hey doctor and like they they don't even know that i'm i've had a few wrestlers ask me if i'm an actual doctor so I got that like Ken Jong comedian doctor thing going on at this point. They're like, uh, he might be a <laughs> doctor. Going. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I got the doctor name from. It was basically Mark and me protesting, but finally giving in and it turned out it was a good idea. So every once in a while, I'll give him a pat on the back. Like, yeah, that was a good idea. Maybe wear a stethoscope or something when you're doing your commentary. I don't know. <laughs> my, my brother my brother is a, uh, is a pharmacist. So he's actually giving me his old pharmacist jacket i'm sure that's tremendous for it and he's like i can give you a stethoscope too i'm like nah, that's, that's pushing it too far um i i wanted to go back to this will be my my last question i think for you bob but uh you mentioned um we were talking about gcw like they've done such a great job 
um, promoting rising stars in the business. And, um, you know, for me, so my generation that I came up with was my, like myself, Chaz Lovely, Dino and Cheeky, uh, Raheem Ali, um, you know, guys who were in wrestling school kind of, um, 2005, six uh, in that time frame. Um, so you've been around for like five, six years, seven years following the Ottawa circuit now. So I've been working uh, for five, six years, but I've been following it for much longer. Yeah. For much longer. Okay. Apologies. But since you've been in Ottawa, we'll yeah. say, um, you know, we, we've talked about like a lot of nostalgia on this podcast over the last, uh, you know, six weeks, given there's just no shows right now, but, um, something we're, we're really looking forward to is when shows get running again, like, uh, being able to follow the the rising stars and the up and comers in the Ottawa scene um, for us, you know, we pointed out a guy like Junior Benito who were like, uh, just Never yeah, so junior. much potential, yeah. right? So much yeah. potential. But I like beyond Junior too. I want to ask you, like, when shows start running again, who are you really excited to see? Like, just take that big leap and next step as a, as a fan and as a commentator. Um, so Junior is definitely one of them. And I think one of the hardest I've ever popped for a match announcement was Junior versus Josh Alexander. And I think all of us in the group chat were like, oh my God, Josh is going to just murder murder him. But it was such a fun match at Underground. Um, there's guys like Thomas Duke, And you know what's funny? Because I, I had this conversation with Roch a while back. And he's like, yeah, he came up with you know your generation too and all those guys and everybody. But then I came up, especially in the last few years, going a lot of the guys that have come up with for Torture Chamber, Drew Onyx's uh, place, Torture Chamber Pro Wrestling in Montreal. So like a lot of the guys kind of who graduated at that time, I've been there since day one. I've called a lot of their actual first matches too. So there's guys like uh, Caden Rose, um, the Beards, uh, Fear of the Beards. Uh, there's guys like Thomas Aduke, um, and outside of Torture Chamber as well, McCray Martin, um, Hot Stepper. Uh, there's guys like uh, Stingray. Actually, he's also Torture Chamber. Uh, Pat Classic is a guy too that he's broken out from his tag team and I want to see what he does because I have a little backstory with him and I'm not going to fill everything in but I think there's a renewed sense of okay I'm going to do something slightly different I'm going to bring a different perspective so I really want to see what he does I'm happy that I've got to play not to pat myself on the back too much but especially with a lot of the rookies they'll come up to me and be like okay what do you think about this idea or what about this promo or what about this and like just because they know i'm the biggest wrestling geek they probably know i'm like okay this is i've seen somebody else do this or i've seen this name mm -hmm. somewhere else and you know or this works well or a fan will jump onto this or no this won't work well in that area for this reason and so yeah those guys i'm all really excited to see um outside of kind of ottawa too i have my eye on a bunch of like americans who pop in here and there so there's guys like uh Young Jay Lee, Key Min, um, not totally new, but Slade is going to be a big player on the independent scene very soon. Uh, Nick Sullivan's going to be huge too. Um, and, uh, you know, he's already almost there, but like I think Daniel Garcia is going to be on everybody's lips uh, like very, very soon. I think he's already been on Sports Illustrated and stuff. So maybe, maybe not, maybe not up and comer, but he's, you know, he's still young. He's in his early 20s, I think. So he's the world's his oyster at this mm -hmm. point. But yeah, all those guys that I've named and some other talent too. Like, I really think there's a few guys, um, Max D Impaler, she's in ROH, uh, sorry, they're in ROH now, but uh, they are going to be amazing because um, I, I think like the fit with an Ottawa crowd is 100% there. There's a few guys who I thought were going to really, really do really well in Ottawa and Puff was one of them. Like the crowd just gravitates to him like Sexy Eddie almost. And uh uh, and what's his name? Sorry. Uh, the, the butcher on AEW. Mm -hmm. Andy Williams? Andy Williams. Yeah. yeah, yeah I thought yeah. they were going to love him too. But like, 
I see these guys and I think I have an okay eye for understanding who's going to get over in what area. And, you know, some of the new guys I named over in Montreal and, and on Ottawa and other places around, I think are going to do really well. Yeah. C4 has definitely got, uh, and I guess Mark specifically, and probably with some input from yourself to really have, you know, your, your finger on the pulse of, of today's indie wrestling and, and who the kind of next crop of big talent are something I, I always love to, um, remind Mark of. So, um, in probably about 2006, seven, uh, went down to Cleveland for a weekend and was working out in the ring before the show and, um, started chain wrestling with this very young scrawny kid. Um, didn't think much of it until we started chaining and he's just flipping around doing all this cool stuff. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm trying to figure this out. And Give me a hint uh, before you say his name, Give me a hint so I can. Well, I, I think I already did. Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Uh, so, who's Gargano? Who's you? Who's, you got it. <laughs> I got it in one. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were going to so, say Gargano. I was going to say Iron. Actually, I I came I came back uh, to Ottawa and uh, yeah. God, I think it was a MySpace message to Mark, and yeah. I said, Mark, add this kid Johnny Gargano on your MySpace and see about bringing him to ottawa i was like i i worked out with him a bit in the ring before the show yeah. i watched his match he's something special yeah. <laughs> and then mark I, never mark never pulled the trigger on him but i always i bother know, mark like... occasionally he doesn't take all my advice and that's completely fine i'm not the one putting dollars into the promotion yeah, but i do bother it. him about a few promote a few people i see gargano yeah he had he had it very early and then i think I think he got big over in um alpha one before he ever got over anywhere else too because uh because uh, yeah, they had Paige was booking him a whole bunch, and I think him was he in fourth gun? I can't remember, but um, oh, they had did, a whole. We didn't have him that much in Alpha One, actually. Did we you? Was no, not, no. was it not? Who am I thinking of them? But I thought he was. I thought he was getting big over in Alpha One, but no, I, mean, I think we only had him in once, actually. Oh, I thought he was in fourth gun. Maybe I'm mixing him with somebody no. else. Either way, yeah, I think I think he he didn't get huge here in in ontario so mm -hmm. much but the few times he did come out I, I remember him being very impressive and i mean uh i, I don't want to go into any personal lives or stuff but i mean he was with somebody in ontario yeah. anyway so it yeah. just made sense yeah. it just made sense yeah. for him to come out here more often right so yeah yeah um yeah but i mean out of those new guys and everything i wish them the best and i see a whole bunch of new crop of wrestlers coming in too whether being trained from torture chamber whether it's the keep i mean Uno's doing an amazing job of all the guys out there. And uh, yeah. I'm looking forward. Some of them have only had a handful of matches because their first year got cut by COVID, right? So That's some it, guys yeah. who've been wrestlers for a year and a half have only had two matches at yeah. this point. So I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of those news guys come up. Uh, Dark Horse is another good buddy of mine, and I hope he, hope he does well too. You, you kind of alluded to stuff that you kind of had to put the brakes on when the pandemic hit. But what, what, what do you have to... What fires do you have to reignite? And what other... Uh, with, with, you don't have to give away your ideas, but you know what? What do you have on the horizon that uh, you'd like to uh, implement or, or, or you know, to, to to introduce? So I started a podcast, and it was one was to pass the time, and one was because I had very little outlets to talk about Japanese wrestling, and that's my you know my my absolute passion. Early '90s, all Japan, you know the the four pillars and everybody. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that. I don't know whether or not we're going to be doing much more. My my. Um, my podcast partner just had a baby, and uh, so that's put a lot of that's put a lot of extra time on his schedule. So if we can continue with that, that'd be great. Um, I also want to run that uh, that uh, pub night that I was talking to you about, whether or not we raise money for a specific charity or whether we, whatever we do too. 
I want to do something fun like that. Things that I can give back to the community. Uh, a person of mine was talking about sort of, uh, actually, I think it was Roch too, again, Mike Roch, but he was talking about, it's like, you know what? You, you were the closest person in the last while to come to making like a wrestling fan fest. That swap meet you did a while back felt like the closest thing to doing like a, a, a meet and greet kind of thing with, with wrestlers because we did have a few wrestlers drop by. And then he's like, do you ever think about something? Then I kind of brushed it off. But over the last month, uh, last few months or a year, I'm like, eh, maybe who knows? Maybe we could do something like that. Um, maybe an autograph signing or something. And um, yeah, and as for outside of those, my own smaller ideas and everything too, I kind of want to continue the amazing work. I got to pull out my planner here just because my memory is bad, but amazing work I do with C4 or amazing work they do. I just want to be a small part of it. But C4, Seaway Valley, ISW, Fighting Back. Um, I work for a place in, uh, in, in Quebec as well, Fédération Montérégienne de Lutte, FML. Um, if they want to continue putting out shows too, I'm going to work with Backyard Pro, Go Hard Pro. Um, the one with Holden Albright as well, too. So um, those are some of the promotions I'm working. And uh, yeah, if my buddies in Brockville ever want to put on another show, too, because they're trying to do something for charity, um, again, for MS, but PCW out there, too. So, you know, got my hands or the what's a got my uh, hands in a whole bunch of different jars or, or, or irons and a lot of different fires. And uh, I want to continue working there if, you know, I can get to where my goal is to work a couple of American federations too. Um, some overseas, I've been doing some networking with people in Europe as well. Um, stuff hasn't been going super well, but you know, hopefully I can get something going. And um, I'm Korean actually, nationality, my ethnicity. So um, I know the Korean indie scene has been taking a hit in the last while, um, but I would love to do some Korean shows there too in English. And um, yeah, there's a few different promotions I want to work for and uh, continue working. Of course, having a young child who's now slapping at the door is <laughs> impeding maybe the travel I might have done before. Like, I, I'm not going to try to go out to a show every weekend right now. I got my priorities. But um, for those that I can travel to, I'd love to do a good job for them. And for different shows that I can work from home, if I can, you know, have a few hours of peace and quiet at home to do record commentary, I'd love to keep doing it. So working more shows, traveling around and or doing shows externally for different cities, countries, wherever. And uh, yeah hopefully leave my mark and do a little bit better in terms of, you know, um, giving the, 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 the overall experience to fans, a positive one and, and, and helping out either with, you know, just raising money or just, you know, I went to a show one time, I did a smaller show over in Brockville and somebody came up, these kids and stuff, and they just had such a fun time. And to see them like light up and just have wrestling back in a city where there was no scene or there wasn't much of a scene prior to see them. I'm like, Oh, you know, that that's awesome i just want to do that i feel like we just you know it was over an hour but time kind of flew by bob um i talk feel like too much I do no 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 <laughs> i was gonna say you know i feel like we're just scratching the surface about you know uh just our love mutual love of independent wrestling right and um there's so many good things and good people in ottawa to talk about and i think yeah. you know we'll we'll have you back on again sometime Absolutely. down the road and get into it a little more um, but that was a lot of fun on my end. I'm glad to to have the opportunity to talk to you and, and learn a little bit more about uh, what you've been up to in the scene. And for me, uh, like I kind of stepped away for a bit after my time in wrestling and, and focused more on career stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you're a guy who's been following the scene pretty closely over the last five, six years. I'm looking forward to picking your brain more about uh, what's been going on in the scene since I've been absent from it. Um, and for me, uh, I'm going to close off by giving you a yo <laughs> i love it I love is that it. why you disappeared 
It is. is that, no, I saw you put the headphones down and going like, oh, the baby needs them again. I've been no. thinking about it, getting that there specific shirt too. Yeah. They, they have they have a reproduction of that on PWTs, and I'm like, ah, I should jump up on it. I actually sold, he's not going to care. I sold my original New Jack shirt to Channing Decker. And so oh, no way. If, if you ever see him in a promo with a double XL. I know where it comes, uh, comes from. Double XL New Jack shirt. Uh, yeah, that, that's mine. <laughs> Ah, you know what? I missed out on the best organic opportunity last week for um, a brew revolution plug because when I locked myself out of my house, I was like, what am I going to do with like the two hours of time to fill? Right. So Mm -hmm. I was like, it's a nice day. I'll just go sit on my deck. And I was like, I'm going to get thirsty though. And brew revolution is like five minutes from my house. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just drive over picked up some beers from them, just sat on my deck, enjoyed my Brew Revolution beers, and uh, missed out on that opportunity to plug them by filling in that part of the story. My garage door is still half broken, too, by the way. 